change her name and be so wonderful. Live Am I gonna cut this out for copyright? I don't know. I know somehow we're gonna get there and be so wonderful. Okay, this is, we're 15 seconds in now. It's all <laughs> for real. I'm telling you just how I feel. I'm sorry. All right. Hello. Welcome back to Two Sisters in a Pod. My name is Laura. And I am Thanos. <laughs> yep, we have a special guest today. No, never mind. I am Thanos' brother, portrayed by Harry Styles. That's a thing. Uh... That was just announced. <laughs> 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 I'm oh, not okay. joking. Oh my god. <laughs> I did not know about that. We can talk about Marvel it's, movies a little bit they, in this I app. think they revealed it in like the new Eternals movie or something. Someone like leaked info. Unless it was fake, but, like, this guy was, like, a writer for Variety. Okay, wait, I'm looking this up real quick. Okay. And we will we will cut out the part where I'm Googling unless you say something interesting enough for me to keep it in. So wake up, Not interesting enough. of the nation, it's our time to be, there's no it is real. unless you take It is real. One. He's in the after credit scene as Eros, Thanos' brother. <laughs> is he purple? Is he big and purple? <laughs> Okay, okay. Oh, I wish we were, like, visual so I could edit this in. That's I, normal sense. Yeah, I... Uh, what world am I living in? Okay, so in? that's Eros in the comics, so he's not purple. Um, That Boa is. That's I, an edit. That's an edit. I don't know why we can't find the actual... Because it's in theaters. Wait, it no, I think out. it's real, Julia. No, that's an edit. Then why is that the only picture that exists? It says Harry Styles could look like this. What makes you think that's the real thing? It's because it's in theaters and you're not allowed to film in theaters. But now that Harry Styles fans know that he's in it, they're gonna hop on there. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna film when we see Eternals. Girl, that's illegal! <laughs> I'm kidding. And we can't see Eternals until we're done. Yeah, we're probably gonna end up having to rent it or something. Or it'll probably still be in theaters. Or on Disney+. Plus. See it in the Dolly Theater. Um, anyway. Apologies for the uh, water trickling noise in the background if you hear it. I tried to turn my fish tank down to the lowest setting. The fish are paid actors. Um, yeah. I'm Laura, that's Julia. I'm tired of holding this. I can hold it. I feel like you won't hold it right. She's referring to the microphone. It's also pointed towards you so you're probably louder three minutes into this podcast and we haven't gotten to anything of substance yet well that's because we're not talking about anything of substance today i want to preface with an apology that last episode was visual and this one is not oh yeah i forgot to post about how it was visual there will be no visual episodes in the foreseeable future until we figure out how to film together and then get the video uploaded um because i can no longer do zoom due to the fact that I broke my webcam. <laughs> We're doing great things. We're doing great things. Well, I my hair is green, so I'm really sad that y'all can't see that right now. Um, and I have Just a car, go to her Instagram. And I would edit in a picture of my car here, just to show. Her name's Lydia. Her license plate number is... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't even remember what it is. Anyway, it's written on. Which I think is the funniest thing about my car, is that they didn't print one out for me. They wrote it onto a piece of paper. (laughs) 
listening we're like where did she buy her car i promise it wasn't like home depot a junkyard <laughs> um actually here's the exact address anyway kidding haha julia do you want to give a little update on what you've been doing in life nothing no just working for the weekend what working for the weekend i don't work weekends for the weekend Everybody's working for the... It's working, looking forward to the weekend. Oh, yeah, I am looking forward to the weekend always. Yeah, and that's the American dream, isn't it? Um, but you're also working because you love it. I don't care. I love it. That makes me think of what we're going to talk about later with the scene with Idina Menzel. Where she oh, goes, I yeah. don't care. <laughs> we're, we are going to talk about the new Cinderella movie today. We might be a little late to that, but I don't care. It's our podcast. Um, <laughs> but before that, yeah, uh, Julia hasn't been doing anything new. I got a car, as aforementioned. mentioned. Uh, been getting some nausea and headaches lately. I'm pretty sure I'm experiencing something called post-concussion syndrome because I've had four concussions. Um, and you may Wait. Be- what? What? Post-concussion syndrome? Yeah, so this is something that can happen even as late as two years after a concussion, like like mine. <laughs> after your four concussions? It's basically just like a mini concussion, just chronically. That's awful! Yeah, it's really bad, and I've been getting random nausea and headaches Are you safe to drive? Yeah, it's not strong enough to, like, impair my, like, ability to drive. It's just, like, an inconvenience. Hmm. And it's not the confusion part of a concussion or, like, the impaired sight or anything like that. Mm. Yeah. It's just, like, feeling slightly sick all the time. Uh. (laughs) Um. Yeah, so that's what's going on with us. Not much. Um, all right. What should we do first? I was thinking last time we discussed the Marvel movies that I had watched. Should we... We haven't watched any past that, right? Yeah, we have. We have? Yeah, so... What are the last ones we talked about? Let me look at the list. I think we watched... my arthritis. Julia's arthritis... (laughs) uh, Is acting up. Yeah, it's probably making the microphone make noises. Right, so we made it up to... Avengers last time, I think. Either that or Captain America the First Avenger. I can't remember which one. For some reason, I remember us talking about the other ones. No, we definitely didn't. I must have dreamt that. That's the thing about my dreams is that a lot of the time, they're so vivid that I think that they actually happened in real life, and they transfer into the form of a memory in my brain, and then I bring it up to someone in real life, and they're like, that never happened. And I'm like, what? No, I get you. I had a dream um, last night that my best friend's boyfriend cheated on them. And it felt so real. I woke up and I was like, wow, I can't believe they're single. <laughs> anyway. Um, maybe I'll, I'll just go through these quickly. Because um, I don't... I have a bad memory, so I don't fully remember. But I think... I hadn't talked about Avengers, so I very much enjoyed Avengers. Very sad about Coulson's death. That's really what I take away from it. Wow, spoilers! It came out in 2012. True. Um, 
Also, I'm reviewing the movie. <laughs> uh, love Kobe Smulders. Just thought it was an overall great movie. High stakes. Tony Stark's, like, whole, like, plotline after this movie just gets so much more interesting. Um, which moves me into Iron Man 3, which is officially my favorite of the Marvel movies I've watched so far. I don't remember why, but it was good, I think. Uh, yeah. For the Dark World was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. I realized I had seen it before. Um, it was like a solid 6 out of 10. Captain America, The Winter Soldier, Julian, I agreed. Um, not worth the hype. What do you mean, what hype? I don't know. I didn't know what to say. (laughs) It was more boring than I remember it being. And you have to understand, it used to be one of my favorites, because I love Steve and I love Bucky, and I really like the aspect of the Winter Soldier. And I like Steve in that movie, but, like, for some reason, that movie was full of filler and just, like, pointless fight scenes, and it was too long. It was the first half that really killed it. The second half was pretty good. Yeah, they could have just left it as the second half of the movie, and it would be fine. But the movie starts out with this, like, weird fight scene on, like, a cruise ship. Was it a cruise ship? It was something. And it didn't need to be in there. And it was long. Anyway. Also, I felt like we needed more Bucky, but maybe I just really like him. Yeah. Um, we always need more Bucky. So, Guardians of the Galaxy, I honestly didn't like. And I haven't been able to say that about any of the movies so far. I just, now, that's a controversial opinion. I know, it's a controversial take. But, like, I the characters I like individually, I hate their team dynamic. They suck together. And maybe it's better in the second movie. That's I've kind s- of the point, though. They're not supposed to be this amazing team. All right, but if They're it's a bunch not- of, like misfit felons that are forced to work together and they all hate each other basically other than like Groot and Rocket to me if it's not giving it's not giving and it wasn't giving I have to say that movie actually used to be my favorite other than Captain America the first Avenger um and re-watching it I realized how awfully like misogynistic Star-Lord is yeah. Um, and most, and most maybe, Marvel men are misogynistic light, at least. But this one was deliberate. Yeah, this one was, like, deliberately, you could tell it was written by James Gunn. Mm. Now that I know all the, like, info, maybe my brain's just been, like, more informed of the problems with that, you know, the creation of that movie. But, um... I don't know. But I still love Gamora. I have zero complaints about Gamora in the movie. I have zero complaints about Groot. And I also know, like, the future movies, so I guess I'm biased, but... I have seen the second one. It was years ago, but I've seen the second one, and I remember liking it. So I think I'll like it. It's better. Clock Guardians of the Galaxy for the first uh, joke about mistreatment of men in prison. I don't want to say the actual word. Julie made a point. I probably shouldn't say it. But um, those jokes aren't funny. Nope. And never have been. Never will be. Pop Culture Detective, one of my favorite YouTube channels, made a really great video on that. I think this is the second time I mentioned him on the podcast. But, like, you should really give it a watch because it's very informative. Um, and how those types of jokes even make their way into children's media. It's so disturbing. I think SpongeBob. Was, I think there was a joke in literally, like, Chuggington. I don't know. Chuggington? <laughs> I could be totally wrong. Please. Chuggington? <laughs> Writers of Chuggington, please don't come for me. 
what a train's gonna do about mistreatment of men in prison like what's the point do trains go to prison <laughs> they go to junkyards i guess to die <laughs> yeah um all right i've entertained ultron uh i love ultron as a villain so much yes and i knew she would really like this villain like i thought this was gonna be one of her favorites and i also thought she would like the new characters um introduced as well as the character development of the characters we already knew but laura what do you think um, I agree. The characterization in the movie was pretty great throughout of everyone. Um, I think that the the Black Widow Hulk romance is weird and I didn't see it coming. Yeah. But I kind of like it. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, it, like, the second it happened, I was like, okay. <laughs> like, be- I think they did that because in the original Hulk movie, he had Betsy Ross <laughs> but they had to get rid of her. That's And so they needed to like give him someone because all the Marvel men need a woman um, for some reason. Because uh, Mar- uh, we've been over this. Marvel movies are written by men for men. For men, yeah. Which is a shame. But um, Age of Ultron, I think... We- well, uh, let me retract that. The majority of Marvel movies... Are written by men for men, but there are newer Marvel movies slash TV shows that do have a lot of female influence, are female-led, and they are very, very good. Yes, for instance, Shang-Chi was written by a woman for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, like, you can literally so tell the difference between, like, if you watch, um... Captain America Winter Soldier versus Shang-Chi. Mm-hmm. Which one was written by a man? Which one was written by a woman? Not to play into, like, gender stereotypes, but, like, that's kind of just the world we live in where it heavily falls into one typical category. So, like, for lack of better terms, I'm saying, like, created by men created by women, etc. I think it's entirely possible for a man to write a great screenplay. Um, I think it's just more likely for a woman to write a great screenplay while ignoring the possible pitfalls that men's writing falls into. I think that the expectations of men societally uh, bleeds into their writing. It creates a lot of really bad masculinity tropes, uh, inappropriate jokes, as I said before, traditional roles of women or objectification of women um i wouldn't say it's even always intentional by the writers not to give them a free pass i think it's just something that comes naturally to them they're like how do i write a story well here's what women do and here's what men do in stories you know and i think that's um what marvel did for a long time um but as i was saying avengers age of ultron uh, strong character-wise, I thought it was a little weak narratively. I didn't fully understand what was going on with the story, and I never really felt like Ultron was going to beat them, ever. And I don't I don't ever feel like they're going to lose to the villain, but Ultron especially was just like, eh, they created him, they're going to get rid of him too. Like, they kept saying he was unbeatable, but I was like, I just don't believe that. Maybe that's just on me. Girl, you burping. Also, Wanda carried the entire thing. <laughs> <laughs> Like, she, that 
she was literally the reason they they beat Ultron. So, um, yeah. But those are the movies we've watched up to this point. It's true. Um, yeah. So, do you want to talk about the Big Brother finale at all? Sure. Yeah. So, spoilers. We got our third unanimous winner in Big Brother history. Um, no surprise this time, though. Absolutely not shocked. I think the only shocking unanimous winner ever was Dan, because um, last season it was Cody, and it's like, duh. Uh, and this season it was Xavier against Big D. So we knew it was gonna be Xavier. Honestly, as soon as Tiff chose the cookout over her own game, Big D might as well be a cheesemaker because he a goat. <laughs> then <laughs> i thought you were like joking that he's the goat no so like there's great... i'm so b- behind on the times there's greatest... girly why do you have 25 notifications on your laptop where are the not oh because i never click on that anyway <laughs> um the there's a goat greatest of all time and then there's a big brother goat or like a survivor goat it's been a term for a long time a goat is someone who's easy to beat in the end oh yeah huh why have I been watching these shows longer than you, but you know more than me? Because I am deeply ingrained in fan culture. It's because you have ADHD. Yeah, because I'm hyper fixated on yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I said deeply ingrained in fan culture. She had to pull out the neurodivergent card. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to mention that. <laughs> just kidding. It's Listen, all I'm just about. spreading awareness. Spreading awareness. So for people ADHD. can relate. All right, the ADHD pod. That would be so boring. Oh, no. That would be just be me just rambling about all my struggles for an hour. Um, Isn't that not what we already do? No, we talk about other stuff. And we, like, slip our struggles in. <laughs> so, yeah, the Big Brother finale, I thought it was relatively boring. Um, I don't think anyone was expecting anything else once we got to that final three. Um, we were, like, a little bit like, what if Aza pulled it out? She almost did. God, that girl was one question away. I know X deserved it more, but I've never won a draft, so I was just hoping. Yeah, I won. Yeah. Julia won the draft. I think I'd have to go back and listen, but I think in our draft, I picked Xavier as, like, a winner pick. I know Claire was my first winner pick, um, and if the cookout wasn't a thing, you know, I think I would have won, but... I think Xavier was, like, my winner pick out of the cookout. Okay. Something that I think is more interesting than the actual finale is the after finale shenanigans, first of all. Oh my god. First of all, every single cast member has been in Todrick's house for, like, ever. I found out why- Tiffany just went home. I found out why I listened to Tiffany's deep dive, and she explained that they were there to stay in California in case they had any, like, other opportunities, so it makes sense. It's a little weird, but it makes sense. Todrick even let Taryn Armstrong into his house, which I thought was hilarious because Todrick wasn't even there. Technically, Tiffany asked if he could come over. Yeah, and Todrick said yes. So, Todrick be like, I can't be home right now. 
Um, hey, Todrick, can my friend come over later? <laughs> I promise he's, like, really nice. I I kind of love the fact that they just took Todrick's house away from him. I know. But when it's that big, like, when does one person ever need that? Why did I not know Todrick not was like that Not like Todrick rich? is ever home anyway. He's always out, like, hanging out with his other bitches. I always knew Todrick as, like, they talked about him on Psychobabble, and he's literally everywhere. I don't even know what he does to make that money. He's a kind of a socialite, I would say, but he's also an actor and oh, musician. Oh, was he just born rich? No. That would be what a socialite I, I, I don't know. Well, I was just saying that because he literally knows absolutely everyone in Hollywood. So he's like a self-made socialite. Yeah. Hold on, let me see if he was born rich. <laughs> Todrick... Because he was in Kinky Boots. I know that. He's been in a few different things. Broadway don't make you rich. I know, but I'm saying he acts. He gained national attention on the ninth season of the televised singing competition American Idol where he made it to the semifinals. That does not explain how he makes his money. I did not know he was on American Idol. Me neither. I he was he... on RuPaul. Wait. Is he on Drag Race? Is that why? Oh, he's a judge for Drag Race. He's everywhere. Hold on. I gotta go to Wikipedia. Isn't he friends with Pentatonix? He's friends with everyone. (laughs) Taylor Swift, too. Maybe he just takes money from from famous people. Singer, songwriter, YouTuber, choreographer, actor, dancer. He just does everything. Um, Why are we talking about Todrick Hall right now? Because, look, associated acts. Oh my god. Jordan Sparks, Joseph Gordon-Levitt? RuPaul, Bob the Drag Queen, Tamar, Taylor Swift, Amber Riley, oh my gosh, Colleen Ballinger, Beyonce. Okay, Pentatonix, I thought so. Beyonce? Beyonce? Oh, he apparently has a really famous YouTube channel. Oh, okay. Um, he's been in a few Broadway plays. Um, he makes a lot of music. Born on a farm in Texas. Doesn't seem like Raised by a single mother. Okay, definitely not born rich. So good for him. Um, Other than Todrick's house. Wow. So he's very self-made. Good for him. I know he annoys you. It- Listen. Himself, I'm sure he's a nice, nice man. It just annoys me that he's everywhere. And I think it's jealousy. Maybe. I think it's deep, deep envy. Uh-uh. I wish I knew all these people. Yeah, that's true. Um, other than Todrick, there was something that came out of the BB postseason that shook me to my core. And I think it shook Julia as well. Um, oh, yeah. I, I texted her. I'm like, why aren't you answering any of your okay, messages? So I'm not going to say what it was yet. I wasn't on my phone. And I opened up my phone to so many messages from Julia. And she on, like, me, every social media platform. She sent me two pictures over text, and they wouldn't load. And I'm like, what's going on? I thought something huge happened. And something huge did happen. <laughs> it did! And, like, and I get on Instagram, and I see a picture of Derek X and Claire together. And they're looking longingly into each other's eyes. And my brain, like, shorts out. I'm like, what is happening? And I click on it, and there, there's an Us Weekly article about their relationship. <laughs> Literally, I was at work on my lunch break, okay? And I look, 
in Instagram. I open Instagram. That's the first thing I see. My jaw drops. And I immediately start texting you everywhere. I'm like, Laura? What is this? Now, I'll say, very good looking couple. Um, Oh, yeah. They're so hot. And they both live in New York. So it makes sense. If they stay together, gorgeous babies. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, my God. Imagine sharing their genetics. Yeah, because they're both very beautiful people. Yeah. I mean, they're probably my top crushes from the season, so I can't believe... I wish this had happened in the house, because I I probably would have paid more attention to the season. Well, they said that they didn't really connect until the jury. You know, I bet that's because it's, like, so hard to be yourself under all those cameras. Yeah, and Claire was like, no showmance for me, and so was Derek. And you're being filmed in the jury house, but they know that almost none of that footage is going to be used. Like, there there was that infamous BB-18 fight, and that's how you know they're filming all the time. <laughs> but, like, yeah, they're almost never going to use the footage of you in the jury house, so. They really didn't use any footage, really, at all mm-hmm. of jury this season. It was sparse. I'm very sad because I loved the jury this season. One of the best juries. For real. I wish we got more. No offense to the pre-jury, but full offense to the pre-jury. Got out all the duds. <laughs> I mean, okay. I think Travis could have been kind of funny. Yeah, we didn't even get a chance to know Travis. We got none of Travis because he laid down and died. Yeah. Um. So it's on him. And, like, Frenchie was entertaining before he decided... Like, I just want to go home. Which is like, I hate sore losers. I hate sore (laughs) losers. Like, Frenchie, don't even get me started on his whole soapboxing thing. Like, that could have gotten so bad if they kept him. Anyway. Um, so yeah. Derek sucks and Claire. Derek sucks! Damn! (laughs) My brain is on. Derek sucks! Um... (laughs) Derek X and Claire, we wish you the best, because you're listening. Um, I do genuinely wish them the best. They look so happy. Take it one step at a yeah. time. Don't jump the gun like me, a lesbian. Yeah. And Derek X and Hannah Shippers shut up in their TikTok Oh my comments. god! Shut up in their TikTok comments. I want the best for Hannah too, but she seems fine. They're besties. Nothing more, girl. I mean, there was a part of me wondering if she's like struggling a little bit. I don't think so. Maybe it was just a stupid question. She's been the saying they're besties. Yeah, this but like, whole what else time, is she gonna both say? of them were like, "She's gonna post like this hurts." <laughs> <laughs> she's gonna post like a breakup song. Like she's gonna post sad, beautiful, tragic on she's her Instagram start, story. She's gonna start posting like divorce art, like Anna Marie Tendler. Sorry, John Mulaney's ex-wife has been posting on it, like Instagram, like the most ominous post-divorce art, <laughs> and that was my. That was my comparison. That was such a niche joke. It's really not. A lot of people care about this. I don't know who these people are, other than John Mulaney. I didn't know he was married or divorced. Yeah, no, he's having a child with Olivia Munn. What? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Olivia Munn is in The Avengers. I don't like her, but we won't Oh, Oh, wait, what? She hates women. Oh no! (laughs) So much. Which is a shame because she's such a beautiful woman. God, I need to educate myself on celebrities more. Like, yeah, I don't know why I know so much. No, because of the years that I spent on Stan Twitter, and I have just fully retracted myself because it's so mentally exhausting. Like, I still connect with 
like my actual friends on there um and i like check in occasionally but like i fully do not follow celebrities anymore um so i have no idea about anybody i just get all of it on my for you page like Lizzo. Oh, I don't watch TikTok often other than the things people send me. Lizzo recently said that Chris Brown is one of her favorite people. <gasps> oh, and I'm Lizzo, so come upset on. Because I was just talking to my roommate. She was a good one. She was so good. How could you say that? I just. Someone gotta be in her ear. No, because she's allowed to have her own morals. Yes, yeah, she. No. Freaking. <laughs> Nothing could force me into saying Chris Brown was my favorite person. I don't even yeah. think a gun. <laughs> I think I would die before I said that. Oh my god. Well, I mean, it's just an insult to women everywhere. That's true. I mean, you gotta think about Anyway. Should we she also, also just makes you look disgusting. Like, yeah. being a apologist like that. Mm-hmm. Should we get into Cinderella? <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So, if you're not aware... There was recently a Cinderella adaptation made. It is a jukebox musical exclusively for Amazon Prime, and it is starring um, Camila Cabello as Cinderella and Idina Menzel as the evil stepmother. I have no idea who plays Prince Charming, but he's not famous. He looks like a villain. He, would be- <laughs> he looks like he would be like that dream boy in a Disney Channel movie. Yeah, like everyone's like he's so hot, and you're you know just what like, he looks like. Oh, oh, what's his name from Good Luck Charlie? Spencer. Yeah, he looks nothing like him. He you looks like Spencer from Good Luck Charlie. You are misremembering completely. He looks nothing Hold like Spencer. On. They have the same haircut. It doesn't mean he looks like him. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> You're telling me that's not him? You're telling me he had, that's not him? He had three times the lips. You're telling me that's not him? Are you joking, Laura? Julia, he had... Who's com- that? That was um her boyfriend, Bo. That's literally him. This is literally Prince Charming. Okay, I'm gonna pull them up side by side. You cannot convince... Oh! <laughs> we just pulled up a picture of him bald. <laughs> this is the guy who played Prince Charming. Yeah, oh my god, carbon copy! They don't have the same eyes. Laura, eyebrows, men just nose. look the same to me. <laughs> White men look the same to me. If you have the same hair color, you are a twin. Okay, as I was saying, uh, when we first saw Prince Charming on screen, I literally went, he's the villain, and then it turned out he was not. Um, was he? I mean, that's just a philosophical conversation. <laughs> Uh, it was, before I get into this, I will say the best Prince Charming of all time, if he even counts, is Prince Char from Ella Enchanted. Anyway. I showed that to Sean the other day. What were his feelings? He thought it was so stupid, but, like, good. It's an incredibly stupid movie, because she could literally just... Anyway, I won't get into Ella Enchanted right now. No, hold on. Something I realized in that rewatch, I haven't watched it in years. She breaks the curse by saying no. She doesn't. Yes, she does. She breaks the curse by talking to herself in a mirror. Wait, huh? Yeah, she tells herself that she can't in the mirror. Okay, mirrors don't exist anywhere else? No, she just didn't know that was how she did it. 
I didn't know the mirror had anything to do with it. No, it's because she told herself. Oh! Julia has seen wow. Ellen Chanted possibly. How many times do you think you've seen that? A movie? million times. Oh my god! If you haven't seen Ellen Chanted. Oh my god, Laura, you literally just blew my mind! <laughs> oh my god! Hold on! That changes the whole movie! <laughs> oh my god! Wait, wait! Wait! Couldn't someone else have just told her that? Yeah, that's one of my biggest complaints about Ellen Chanted, is that somebody else could just tell her not to do something. Like, she could literally just have someone with her all the time reversing the commands. Also, the part where she has to tell her best friend that she never wants to see her again... Who she never sees again, by the way, which is a part I didn't yes, like. Yes, she about. does. She's at the wedding at the end. Okay, but that's sloppy. Like, I wish they had made and, up And the she's movie. like, good luck, Ella. Um, that scene, she literally could have, after she told her to go away, been like, hey, wait, I didn't mean it. Girl, I would have punched someone if they were like, wait, JK. Okay, but she could clearly see Ella struggling. Like, even if she can't tell her about the curse... You're her best friend. She tells you to come back. You're coming back. How come, how come, uh, Minnie Driver couldn't tell her, Ella, don't do that? She could have. That it just wouldn't make sense narratively because Ella had to have a problem for the movie to matter. No, there had to have been a reason why she didn't tell her. Well, they never explain it. I feel like if they had just gotten more in detail about the curse, the movie wouldn't be stupid. Listen, the movie's supposed to be stupid. She literally- Someone tells her to freeze and she pauses mid-air. That is my favorite part. <laughs> um, anyway, Ellen Tanta Tangent. Prince Char, absolutely mesmerizing. Anyway. Um, gay. Uh, yeah, so the new Cinderella, it's not popular. People do not like it. Um, I think they Girl, are- why is your screen so dirty? I need to clean it. Um, it has, like, actual dirt on it. Okay. That's not what we're discussing right now. <laughs> the new Cinderella, people, I think, were inclined to not like it because they saw Camila Cabello and James Corden in the cast. And so, like, understandable. But gave it a chance for Idina. I would give anything a chance for Idina. Um, and Mini Driver. Oh, true, true. Milf, Mini Driver. And, and Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> He makes me laugh. Yeah, but like you can okay. Pierce Brosnan in that movie. I'm not wrong about this. He looks like Colonel Sanders. <laughs> I think I tweeted that like months ago when there were like press release pictures of him dressed as the prince or the king in that movie. And I'm like, oh my god, it's Colonel Sanders Pierce Brosnan. That's hilarious. His facial hair is literally shaped like Colonel Sanders. You're completely right. Okay, so here's my first gripe about this movie. If we are ignoring the casting, which I do not love, I don't think Camila Cabello was the right choice at all. Um, she could have been one of the rats. <laughs> it they was say... a very... Okay. It was a very basic Cinderella story with a few tweaks that didn't make it any more interesting. I think with a lot of the Cinderella adaptations we've seen, they completely rework the story to make it modern, while this movie was anachronistic. Um, but it didn't do it well. 
because you couldn't tell if that was the intention or not. It was just kind of like, this is a medieval setting, everyone's wearing medieval clothes, but this girl on the bridge with this guy who raps all the time is wearing hoops with a word in them. Um, there were just a lot of different costuming things, visual things that did not match up how they should have. For instance, uh, Ella's dress changes midway through the movie and we're supposed to believe it's the same dress. Um, yeah, the, like, she was wearing full makeup and well-done hair and the stepmom was telling her she was dirty. Uh, and also, like, how I was saying, the tweaks of the movie, I just didn't think really fit. So, like, she wants to be a dressmaker. It's like a feminist twist, but the cheapest feminist twist you could put on it. She wants to be a dressmaker, and they won't let her be a dressmaker because women don't work. Uh, and also, Prince Charming has a sister who wants to, like, turn the kingdom socialist or something. And she doesn't really get a comeuppance or anything. She just has a bunch of one-liners where she's like, why are we spending all of our money on cannons? <laughs> And so, yeah, it was, like, a really poorly feminist take on Cinderella. Listen, I have one word for this movie. Girl boss. It was very... Gaslight, gatekeep, girl boss. It was very triple G. Yeah. I would say the best feminist take on Cinderella I've seen is the Hilary Duff version. And I'm not kidding. No. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. It has a lot of, like, subtle feminism in there when it comes down to, like, the mean girls actually have feelings. I do have to say the Selena Gomez one is good, too. Like, if you want a real, like, modern take. Yeah, that one's I good, too. I love that one. I love that one because it's so 2010 with the MP3 player and the, yeah. Yeah, like, if you prefer early 2000s, watch the Hilary Duff one. It's perfect. Mwah. If you prefer 2010s, watch the Selena Gomez one. Mwah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this was just not a good Cinderella adaptation on any on any level, really. Um, but there were some things that made me laugh. Like the like the way it was so bad. Like the, Am I wrong? <laughs> she takes this caterpillar from a window and puts it in a box. And this is a streamlined plot throughout the movie. They really they really included this one for a reason. And eventually it like hatches. And it becomes a butterfly. And the second I saw that butterfly, I went, it's going to be Billy Porter, isn't it? Because <laughs> I knew Billy Porter was the was the fairy godmother, which I don't love gay caricatures. And he was the definition of one with the yes queen work cis slay thing. Yeah, it was a little um, um, aggressive. It was, yeah. Um. And I was sitting there like, Billy Porter, you're like a gay icon. Why did you do this? I guess I can understand some people thinking it's good representation. And I'd rather have some representation than none. But it was just like, why are you portraying like the Yas Queen like type of trope? There was no reason. It didn't make it funny. But like... Here's better. Here are better ways to make Cinderella LGBT inclusive. Uh, make Cinderella a lesbian. Make Cinderella a lesbian would be the obvious one. Or asexual. That would be interesting. Yeah. Um, I think make the evil stepmother a lesbian and she just married the dad for his riches. I think that would work just fine. I think some lesbians would have a problem with her being evil, but... No, I'm into it. Yeah. If, if Idina Menzel played the evil lesbian stepmother, I would 
instantly rate this movie so much better. Okay, because I think they tried to give the stepmother feelings, but then she would switch up so quick it didn't make any it's sense. so weird. Um, if we had given her an actual plot, like, she has been closeted her whole life, and, like, that's why she's so angry, I think that would be, first of all, accurate for the time, and second of all, it would make her more interesting and sympathetic. So there's lots of ways to include LGBT representation in a Cinderella adaptation. Um, Billy Porter as the Yas Queen Slay Worksis fairy godmother was not it. I actually think Billy Porter was work in that outfit. He looked so. great, yeah. Um, we'll get into the costume design in a second, but like, I. What was I gonna say? Oh, if we're gonna do a male fairy godmother. Honestly, I think it'd be funnier just to make him a dude. Like, maybe, like, he gives Cinderella an ugly-ass dress. Like Dwayne Johnson? <laughs> Dwayne Johnson, who, like, weirdly knows a lot about fashion. Make the fairy godmother Dwayne Johnson and Vin Diesel, and they're arguing about which dress, like, which dress is better. Wait, what did I just say? You suggested that the fairy godmother should be Dwayne Johnson. Oh, and the tooth fairy. Yeah. Well, that's fair. Well, that's what I was talking about. I just realized I was reading something, so I said what was on my mind, and then my consciousness um, left me, and then I went back to reality. I'm like, wait, I know I just said something, but what was it? Anyway, Drain Johnson Tooth Fairy. Um, so the costume design. Julia noticed this. The... I, I hate to distinguish them this way, but there's a skinny stepsister and there's a fat one. And the reason I say that is because they make that their personalities, kind of. I would say plus size, not, like, fat. So I'm really into repurposing the word fat. Okay. I'm, like... I just, I, I hear mixed things from people. And it's, like, whatever someone's comfortable with, like, saying. Like, that's good. And I'll say that. But, like, I've heard some people want to, like reclaim the word fat as like good positive which i'm for then i hear people say like uh, like i like the words plus sized or something like that and i'm like i don't know what's correct <laughs> okay i think it's up to the individual person perhaps i should be more careful about my language i've been very pro fat because um i think seeing as an objective word reclaims it from the people who want to use it as an insult yeah that's fair um, but I will reconsider my language, considering I never know how a person feels. But there's, like, the skinny stepsister, and for some reason they make her nice instead of, like... And I won't get into the way that, that plus-size women are portrayed in media, but it's horrible. Um, but she's blonde in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then we cut to the scene where they're at, like, the clotheslines, which they're at the clotheslines more than once, and I don't really know why they made that... The, the entire set decoration made this setting feel very, very small and closed in. Um, and for some reason, they're at the clotheslines a bunch. But her hair color changes. And it changes back later. Yeah. And we... I don't know why. I was, like, in denial. I was like, there's no... It literally goes from a platinum blonde to, like, a strawberry, like, auburn color. Back to a platinum blonde. I don't know if she's wearing wigs. Yeah, I don't really know what was going on there. Um, but I, I literally, the first clothesline scene, I was like, who is that? And Laura was like, that's the sister. 
Somebody's car needs some work. Okay, it was the first clothesline scene, and I was like, who is that with the other sister? And Laura was like, that's the sister. And I'm like, no, it's not. Like, I was insisting it was not the same person, but then I look closer, and it is. But she just has a completely different hair color and style. Yeah, it was it was bizarre. Um, and if you haven't seen this movie, like, the stepsisters and the stepmother are dressed like capital people from the Hunger Games. Yeah, oh my god. I know they're usually eccentrically dressed, like, that's on purpose. They're supposed to show that they're rich by wearing the most expensive fabrics. But this was just insane. Um, I kind of liked it, though. Like, it wasn't my least favorite part of the movie. My biggest gripe would be about Cinderella's wardrobe, because, like, they didn't make it seem like she was struggling at all. She says in the movie- They also, let me say- Sorry, I'm dying. If she was a dress designer, why was she wearing the basic Cinderella outfit? Like, why couldn't they make her rags and stuff- a little bit more like eccentric or like fashionable because she's supposed to be a fashion designer i think why wouldn't she add like little things here and there that she finds around like the town or her home or something i think it's because she doesn't want her stepmother to see but i'm not sure why is her entire this is also my complaint she has a whole basement yeah, she does. And a bed. She has and a, a fireplace. She has a luxury bedroom with pets. Literally. Um, but she has her drawings everywhere. So if she didn't want her stepmother to see, then why does she have them on display? Well, she says in the movie that she never comes down there. But then when she does... She comes down there like four times yeah. in the movie. When she does come down there, she doesn't say a thing about the fact that it's like a setup. Um, She just insults Cinderella for like being ugly or something <laughs> and it's just Big. yeah cinderella is normally at least in the beginning of the movie made to look like she's working in the fireplace that's why like they call her like cinderella like there's like smoke on her face and like she's wearing actual rags which there's actually no ashes in sight not on her dress not on her face it doesn't show not her anywhere it doesn't show her working there's one scene where she has to make her stepmother and stepsister's tea yeah. That's, that's all she does. Yeah. It seems like Cinderella just sits around all day making dresses and complaining. And her stepmother is mean, but her stepsisters aren't. Um, especially the blonde one. She's just nice to her. Um, I didn't really understand that change. Because we don't really get a full arc for that character. No, the character, the way they wrote these characters is so, like boring like they had no substance to them whatsoever yeah i one of my biggest gripes is that there were no stakes in this movie you did not feel worried for cinderella at any point you didn't feel sympathetic for her really um she rejects the prince for a really weird reason and then switches up well the prince switches up he's like at first he's like well you can't work if we're married because women don't do that and then he's like wait Yes, you can. <laughs> Wait. Hold on a minute. The only stakes are that Idina Menzel, like, promises Cinderella off to this red-headed man who delivers their mail. And she's like, oh no, I'm gonna be married to an ugly man. And then, like, she just doesn't. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, she runs away on yeah. the carriage ride. Yeah. So she escapes. But she's situation. never being chased by the stepmother. The king and the queen don't really do anything in this story at all. I um, think the queen was being hot. True. There was like a subplot about their relationship that didn't really have any legs. I don't remember it. It was basically just that the queen was like, there's no love in our marriage. Yeah, and then he starts singing to her. Then he starts singing to her, and that's it. So you do remember it. I remember the singing part. Um, I don't remember what he was singing. Me neither, actually. Yeah, okay, we haven't even talked about the fact that this is a jukebox musical. (laughs) And they used some really good songs and didn't do any of them justice. But also there were, like, four original songs. and No, I think there was one that they kept doing a reprise on. No, there was an original song that they did a reprise on, like, twice. But there were some original, maybe I should just call them interludes, done by this man on a bridge. This was the most bizarre part of the movie. It was like, it was, they were trying to do Hamilton. Yeah, maybe. Cinderella-wise, but like, they were like, oh, they're like six years too late. Um, And they also did it bad. I think if you're gonna do outside narration for a movie, which is common with like fairy tale type stories, you gotta keep it consistent. So the movie starts with outside narration, just some guy speaking about what's happening. Keep that throughout the movie if you're going to start with it. But instead, it's only at the beginning and the end. And throughout the movie, the narration is this man on a bridge with a band with him announcing things to the kingdom that are about to happen. And he's rapping. Um, And it's bad. (laughs) It's bad. Also, um, okay, this is a complaint of mine. So Prince Charming starts out being like, I don't believe in love. And then, immediately after he rants about this to his dad, what do they have him sing but somebody to love? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And not a good version He of doesn't it. do it justice. Like, um, they already did this in Ella Enchanted. Right. You cannot try to do it again. Ella Enchanted, not, sorry. Somebody to Love is a great song for a Cinderella story, I will not lie, but not here. Not here at all. Um, I don't even know which one of the numbers was my favorite, because, like, none of them were very good. Are you sure it wasn't, um, What a Man slash Seven Nation Nation Army? Army? No, I'm sorry, but it didn't work. And it was so shoehorned in. Are you sure it wasn't Am I Wrong? Am I Wrong was hands down my favorite just because it... Okay, most of the songs they used in the movie were 20, 30 years old. And then they used Am I Wrong, which is like five, six years old? More than that. I No, I think it's like five or six years old. Maybe seven. But I just held up five fingers. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe seven. <laughs> um... There's this iconic part where they cut to Camila. And what's your impression of it? <laughs> you Okay, if you've never listened to, like, Fifth Harmony or Camila's music before, then you wouldn't understand what I mean. But Camila has this signature run that she does. And when she is singing Am I Wrong, they cut to her and she's, like, sewing or something in her basement. And she goes... Am I wrong? 
<laughs> it's seriously like wrong an unnecessarily long run and it doesn't suit the song and at it all. was a bad one too yeah. and also just hearing Idina Menzel do this song felt wrong wrong yeah like y- you are wrong she is wrong am I wrong yes <laughs> yeah um a lot of the songs they made group numbers for no reason I would they kept cutting to the the Prince Charming's sister and I was like I'm sorry just don't give a shit about this person and she's singing and then like randomly Prince Charming at one point just has a group of guys around him who are singing with him and we don't know who they are and never find out they're like his buddies yeah um so the mice um (laughs) they're rats they were mice they call them rats no okay so what she says is you know how mice are girls and rats are boys so she wasn't expecting them to be boys because they're mice. Wait. Oh. They're mice. What logic is that? I don't know, because I've never heard that before. I guess it's just because mice are clean and rats are dirty. That's not even true. <laughs> rats are arguably more disgusting than mice. Yeah, that's what I said. But, like, they're both disgusting. They pee on everything. So the mice. I, lo- I don't want rat... Lovers coming into my mentions, sending me hate. I morally love rats in real life. They're so intelligent. I love them. I follow so many rat accounts on Instagram. Yeah, shout out are... to the boho rat on Instagram. Rats are great. We are not um, coming for rats at all. Don't laugh at that. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. So the mice. Girl, I should pee so bad. Okay, let's go. <laughs> We're almost done. <laughs> so, the mice. I actually liked them. <laughs> I'd say it was the only part of the movie that I liked. There was Sorry, a... I no, I breathed on you. Oh, I thought it was a bug. <laughs> no, I went like... <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so like, I... And then I had an itch. So like, oh, I wait, no, feel... there's a hair. I feel that... Why would you put it on me? <laughs> I feel that the mice were the only good part of the movie, but something I will clock them for is that there was one named James, and Julia was like, I bet it's James Corden. And I was, like, thinking to myself, like, yeah, it feels like James Corden would be in this movie, but, like, like what are the chances? And then they turn into humans, and who is it? James Corden. James Corden, who is in every movie I've watched lately. I recently, who is named James in this movie? I recently watched an indie film called Begin Again with Mark Ruffalo and Fear Knightley, and her best friend, James Corden. I just don't know why he's in everything. The first time I ever saw James Corden was in the Doctor Who episodes that he's in, and I liked him. I thought his character was charming, um, and then suddenly he was everywhere. I have to admit, I like James Corden. I just don't like that I see him every time I, don't I close like my that eyes. He's in everything, but I <laughs> correct me if I'm wrong. But I think he seems like a good person. Yeah, and he also a good wished me happy birthday once. He did. Yeah. Wow, so James Gordon wished you happy birthday and Megan the Stallion sent you ten dollars. Yeah, girl, I'm on a roll. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about that on the pod already. We have. Yeah. Um ah. Ah. I can't stick my tongue out. I ah. look I look stupid when I do. Ah. You do too. Fuck you! Alright, yeah. So the Cinderella movie. What would you rate it out of ten? One. 
<laughs> I'm gonna give it a two. Um, I think children would enjoy it. I I just I there was no enjoyable part for me. I enjoyed laughing at it. I thought it was funny. It it wasn't even that funny for me. Not because of the jokes. I was laughing because of the fact that it even existed. Yeah, like I it mean, wasn't it wasn't so funny where I was like, this is so ridiculous. I love it so much. I have to show everyone. Like I don't want to show anyone this. Oh, girl. I don't know who made this quote, but quote. Shut up. <laughs> a bad movie is one thing. A boring movie is another. You know. So. And this was both. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I was a little bit like looking at my phone because I was like. If you're gonna do a Cinderella adaptation, you need to add a twist better than she wants to be a dressmaker. And by the way, we never see her fulfill her dream. Yeah. And like, and like the dress that um, Billy Porter Fairy Godmother pulls off of her bulletin board that she designed and then he makes her wear, it's not even like a nice looking dress. It's a little fugly. And then she has too much space in her corset. Yeah, oh my gosh. Like, that thing was swallowing her. And then, like, a scene or two later, you can see they, like, stuffed it with, like, fur lining to fit. Yeah, and they pretend that never happened. Couldn't reshoot. I guess you could, like, translate that to her being like, oh, like, this doesn't fit, so maybe I can fix it because I'm a dressmaker. But that wouldn't make any sense because Billy Porter Fairy Godmother made it Designed for her. Designed it for her. And it was supposed to be perfect. It's supposed to fit perfectly. That's the whole point. Like the perfect glass shoe. Am I crazy or do we... I feel like we had a great dynamic this pod. Huh? I feel like we had a great dynamic this episode. I feel like it's one of our best. Okay. Just because we're funny. Okay. I think we're the only ones that find us funny, though. No, we are hilarious. No, I I really think, like, if we had a comedy special, crickets. No, we would get so many laughs. No. People... Uh, Kenneth texted me once, mm-hmm. and he was like, you guys are hilarious. Who's Kenneth? My friend. Oh, I was thinking my old assistant manager. <laughs> do you want to do song of the week? Sure. Okay. You're gonna start like you normally do. Oh, I don't even know, girly. Then why'd you suggest it? Uh, let me book check. of the week. Let me check my flute. I don't read. <laughs> I wish I did. Wild, because you're a writer. I know. I, it's because I used to read. Um, my favorite song right now. Oh yeah, shout out um Ricky Montgomery. He just dropped a song called Sorry for Me. It's a really vulnerable song, and it's really good. Go check it out. Um, I talk about this like he's a close personal friend. He is not. Uh, which he was. Seems like a great guy. Anyway. Julia's searching for hers right now. I'll show out a second song. Monday by The Regrets. They just dropped it. It's actually so good. I don't know why I said actually. I love The Regrets. Anyway. Great song. Monday by The Regrets. I'll give you one guess what my song of the week is. Is it Silk? Silk! Chiffon, that's how it feels. I'm a cheese army. Is it Muna or Muna? <laughs> Muna? I don't know. I should think it's Muna. I don't, it could be. Like Luna. Oh, wait, that's. 
That's not how you say it. Muna. Like Luna. <laughs> okay, I'm stupid. Luna. Like Luna. <laughs> You're so fucking stupid. I think that answered your own question. So it's Muna. Featuring Phoebe. Maybe it's M-U-N-A. I don't... It's not capitalized. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Muna. It's M-U-N-A. Well, I thought MXM tune for a while was mom tune. Because that just made sense to me. I just call her Maya. Oh. If they know each other. (laughs) No. But, like, her name everywhere is Maya. Like, on her Twitch channel. Maya. So, yeah. Julia's song of the week. Muna featuring Phoebe Bridgers. Silk. Chiffon. Chiffon. My favorite. Got my mini skirt and my rollerblades on. My favorite line is. Life's so fun. I'm high and I'm feeling anxious inside this CVS. Yeah. That's a good. I'm high and I'm feeling anxious. I hope she didn't drive there. That would be very irresponsible. I hope she took the train or something. Walked there. No. She had her miniskirt and her rollerblades on. Oh, you should not rollerblade while high. Who knows? Also, I like the concept that both of, like, both of them have a miniskirt and rollerblades on. And Duh. they just like, happened to Have you watched other. the music video? I haven't. I'm not watching it right now. We're recording a podcast. Okay, I'm going to wrap this up because she's going to make me watch a music video. Thank you so much for listening this week. Um, do you have any final words, Julia? She's just clicking on the music video. Okay, see you later.